I don't drink the tea. It's the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze her books one by one. I am Josh. And I'm Zach. And I'm Charlotte. And I have, oh, how do I say this? A I confession. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. I need, I need to make the record clear. If you were to start this segment with a song, it would be I Confession. Oh, That's the yes. name of the segment. It's the name of the segment. So well, we're starting a segment at the beginning of the episode. That's something we rarely Well, that's do. weird. Yeah. But what we are, what we give each other as presents are confessions. <laughs> right. Presents. <laughs> yeah, because Zach so, gave us a present of telling us that he ate onion rings off the floor and drank so much orange juice that his stomach began to move independently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a new form of life would uh, be created from that. But yes. You... I treasure those moments. Let's start over, and you'll say it right this time. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea, the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze her books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Confesh. No, Z- Charlotte's going to say it right. I'm Zach. Let's try again. No, now I'm confused. Am I supposed to do the, the, the up and down thing, or just the, with your voice? The or no, the, you don't the... need to do the song. You're going to no. say, I'm Charlotte, and I have a confesh. Okay, all right. We're, and Josh cut all this out. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. It's the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze our books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Zach. I confess. Oh my lord, you have to say your name first. Uh, this isn't working. We should not. Welcome to Don't Drink the. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. The Agatha Christie podcast. Wait, I gotta come in soft because I'm gonna cut everything out that came before us. <laughs> why is he so mad? Why? Is he, why can I hear the foam coming out of his mouth? <laughs> Welcome to Don't Drink the Teeth, the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze her books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte, and I have a confesh. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Got it in one. <laughs> What's your confesh? Well, um, I know it's weird to start an episode like this, but sometimes you just have to get things ah, out there. Ah, <laughs> confession. <laughs> Thank now you. Now you can start it like that. <laughs> um, I just... I was just so, so surprised myself that I have felt like I had to share it with others. So I saw a, a trailer for an upcoming movie and completely surprised, didn't know anything about it, didn't know what was happening, and had the, the most wholesome, joyous, just surge of happiness in, in myself when I saw that this movie so was coming out. Do you know what it is? We know what it is. <laughs> it's the live action Little Mermaid movie. <laughs> no. Flounder looks flawless. <laughs> I know what it is. It is Fast X starring Jason no, Momoa. It is not. Now I feel so much better. <laughs> See, this is why you share things with friends. They make you feel better about yourself. Is it? No, if it was the Little Mermaid, I would not admit to that. <laughs> is it Transformers Rise of the Beasts? There's no, a monkey is trans- that a thing? Yeah, there's a monkey Transformer now. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, I feel really, really upscale well, now. What does the monkey transform into? Bananas. <laughs> now you wow. Got, you got me there. Yeah, I asked. I asked some people like, okay, why is there animal transformers? And they're like, that's it's real. It's from the past or something like. like it's it, real. Like, it's from the past. like it's part of the canon of transformers. Like, okay, I get that, but why even then? Now, why have you ever heard of a thing called ran out of ideas? <laughs> <laughs> No. What if Optimus Prime was a monkey, and then that's they just went from there? And anyway, then another time that 
Uh, Do you guys want to keep guessing what movie you think it was? <laughs> it's a trailer. Me and Josh went to the movies yesterday. I saw some trailers. Yeah. Uh, what were the other trailers? Gran Turismo. Yeah, Gran Turismo. No. The one about the little boy who loves racing. No. Dial of Destiny. Can you please cut that out? <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. I know you can't edit anything. <laughs> I edit all the time. All right, okay, starting now, I want you guys to know something. You're going to know that I edit because what Zach said is not in it. <laughs> and to tell you how much I edit, bef- I went through and edited our, what are we on, 80-some episodes he did. He did. of all of the things that Zach, <laughs> that Zach has said that are regrettable. He is <laughs> He is a repeat Regrettable to who? To you or to me? <laughs> to the, the world. Race. <laughs> so I do My edit. comedy is edgy. Yes. And, and I can't stand it. And I edited out that thing that Zach said. But it's, Thank okay. you. I appreciate so it. So it's not Gran Turismo. No. It's not The Little Mermaid. It's not Transformers it's, Rise of the Beast. It's not Dial of Destiny because I already knew about that. It's and not, I didn't. Oh, it was a movie you didn't know about. Yes. Yes. And I, I'm still, when I think about it, I still get so happy. Like, it was like something you didn't know you wanted someone to give you. Is it an American movie? <laughs> I want to be able to guess it, but we do have a book to talk about. Is, Is it an Aria movie? Do you want to wait till the end and, like, just keep... We'll see if we think about it. Think about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. But we can ask her questions throughout. <laughs> so, we've been talking about the Agatha Christie collection of stories called The Labors of Hercules. Last time we talked about... The first six labors. Uh, Zach has been sharing with us the myths that uh, work along with it. We had some really good stories for the first six. Charlotte crunching her water bottle. <laughs> that was a roaring fire. And now we're going to get into the second six. And hopefully we don't have a severe dip in quality or anything like that. So, uh, the first one that we are going to talk about is the Cretan bull. Is that Cretan or Cretan? I think it's a Cretan. Well, it's from yeah. Crete, right? <laughs> I don't know. Cretan. <laughs> uh, Zach, you... Th- Wait a minute. This is what? weird. What? <laughs> Talk other- to me about it. Weren't the other day we were just talking about bulls? Yeah, we oh were. What were you saying? Well, I was talking about the Cretan bull, actually. It's funny that this oh, came up. Oh, could you tell me about it? I'd rather not, but I guess I have to because it's it's like it's not a fun story. Can can yeah? Can you give us the what was that? I dropped oh. my ball. I've been playing. Okay, that's nice. I didn't know where it came from. Josh and lost it was a little scary. I I played with a ball through the whole now, first episode, and I threw it at him before we started. Now, <laughs> if you guys remember last time, Hercules got rid of some birds. Yes, he said go away. He used his maracas. They left. Yes. Now he has to go uh, get rid of a bull, right? Uh, Is this a normal bull or is this a magic bull? This is, well, we'll find out. Okay. So, uh, is this a problematic bull? It's a problematic problematic (laughs) bull. So Minos, he's the king of Crete, man, and he is not. He's he's making all sorts of sacrifices, right? And Poseidon comes to him. And he, and Minos is like, I'm gonna sacrifice anything that you want me to to you. Anything that, which is weird. He says, anything you give to me, I'll sacrifice to you. Which oh. is a weird promise to make. To <laughs> be like, if you give me a hundred dollars, I'll buy you something with that hundred dollars. That's the same thing he's asking him to do. There. Yeah. Nice. And so he goes, all right, and he sends him a bull. But let me tell you, this isn't no ordinary bull. Mm. Maybe not a magical bull. It's a handsome bull. 
Oh, okay. It was so beautiful that Minos was like, I can't kill this bull. It oh. is too gorge. <laughs> I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to sacrifice a different bull. Poseidon was not too happy about that. So he made the bull go on a rampage, all right? He was running around town. It was all ca- causing all sorts of havoc. Or his wife fell in love with it and had a minotaur baby. <laughs> We're going to skip past that part. And so moving on, yeah, Hercules right. came up and he wrestled the bull to the ground. He gave it back to the king and the king was like, let it loose in the country. It'll be fine. And then the bull went around the country uh, kind of bothering people for a while until a different hero came and took care of the bull. Wow. And then a different hero came and killed the minotaur. Man. Wow. So Hercules didn't really do anything. He just came and wrestled the bull a little bit. But it counts. He's, it counts. He's kind of a failure. I mean, he did what he was supposed to. You know, yeah. not a... Not he didn't he didn't go above and beyond. He wasn't like he, he <laughs> wasn't going to be employee of the month. No, clearly <laughs> not. But you he's, know what? He met his numbers. Yeah, he's, he's a good salesman. He's getting tired now, at this point. Before we get too far, Zach, could you complete this labor? Now, me and Josh, not personally, but our families had cows all growing up, and let me tell you, yeah. I was a little scared of them. <laughs> Bulls are really they are big. pretty scary. They now, are you want to tell everybody about that morning I woke up to your voice? So, I mean, there's probably plenty of mornings I've worked up to your voice. Yeah, gosh, get out. Um, So, I get, so, I wake up from a phone call from our grandmother, and she's, she's saying, the cows have escaped. She's just, she's distraught. The cows have escaped, they're in the front yard. And you think to yourself, that's not where the cows belong, they belong, they belong in the cow field. Right? And so, I I run outside and my grandma, who's not in good shape, is out there, and she lifts the biggest tree branch I've ever seen and is waving oh no. it at the cows, oh no. trying to herd them back into the fence. So me, so now, about three acres away. Now, that's, I just wanted to say this. I don't know if it's still the case, but just when Zach was trying to project his voice, <laughs> there would be a nasal that came about. Very sharp. <laughs> and... Also, it probably wasn't great because you know, as as people get older, they lose the high pitch hearing in their in their you know <laughs> hearing. Yeah. And so, as I screamed, I probably was screaming at a frequency that my grandma couldn't even hear. <laughs> Only dogs <laughs> could hear. And so, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Grandma, put that stick down <laughs> and go inside. Grandma, put that stick down. Grandma, put that stick down. <laughs> sound like toad <laughs> and uh and grandma could not hear me because <laughs> i was like two acres away i love this story and <laughs> she continued to wave that at the at the cows until i got back until i got up there in which i corralled the cows back in and how did you try to start to corral the cows um, Remember <laughs> the next part you oh, did? Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's like a my, cow call. Yeah. My, so my dad would call the cows whenever we'd go to feed them, and he'd go, "Come get it!" <laughs> and uh, so I went to go. I, I I didn't do it. I was like, "That's stupid," because I was like, you know, fourteen. And I and I went to go do it, and I went, "No." <laughs> I was right next to Josh's bedroom window. Yeah, I was like looking at the blinds, like, "What is going?" That was on? definitely an A flat. <laughs> All I was Zach screaming, but not in like pain. <laughs> in cow. Yeah. Nope. So yes, you could do it. So I think I can, because the thing is, is that he only had to corral the bull. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to kill the bull. Somebody else he just did that. Make it go somewhere else. He made it go yeah. somewhere else. 
And you know what? Was it what it needed to happen? No. <laughs> um, but it did say that he easily took care of the bull. Okay. So. So at this point, Hercules is becoming just like, what, like an exterminator? Like anytime you much, have some they're pretty much like, yeah, like, get rid of this And let animal. me tell you, that doesn't change in some upcoming ones. <laughs> so it's like all of the, like the, the Grecian whatever are sitting around, all the rich people or the gods or whatever are all sitting around and like, I got this lion that's driving me crazy. And it's like, oh, you know what? You should call this guy Hercules. He took care of my raccoons last yeah. summer. Like Hercules is just John Goodman from And he's just... <laughs> and then people are like, Minos, did your wife cheat on you with a literary cow? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, moving on. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Minos is like, no, but it was really handsome. We're not going to get into it that. It was cow. Even I thought so. <laughs> the Cretan bull by Agatha Christie. <laughs> So, again, <clears throat> blank spot here, um, again, Zach's insights are incredibly helpful because there yes. are a lot of, see, like we said earlier, um, some of these things felt familiar. like a stretch, but yeah. actually there's a lot more subtleties to what she was doing yes. here because like so you got a crazy bull let it loose in the countryside so it'll leave everybody alone Mentor baby. <laughs> so with this one you have poirot goes out to the country mm-hmm. and there's a dude there who's like really good looking and he's engaged to be married he's a bull and his <laughs> his uh fiance is like um you know i'm really worried his whole family is telling him he's losing his mind. It was really, it was really corny stuff though. Like you could tell. From, I think this stuff. one was the very beginning. Like, like, oh, okay, I woke up um, with blood, with on, blood his on, shirt, on my hands and, and like sheep in the field with their sheep. throats. Like, yeah, like so, it's like a werewolf story. Yeah. So or like, I, he, like they, he finds he uh, he finds with a himself with a knife after a cat has been killed. Yeah. Like, covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he has these blanks, these memory lapses, and he stuff. He leaves a blank and, spot there. And <laughs> he's like, um, "No, I must be locked away because I'm obviously losing my mind." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the funny thing about it was that, like, his family made his—is it his uncle or his dad and his dad's his uncle dad, or something? Admiral, yeah. There's there's his dad, and then there's like the family friend or a, a brother or something. Yeah. They're both like, "Oh man." Gosh, that sucks for you. Yeah. We're really sorry that you're insane and killing sheep. And right. And the woman's like, no, this is obviously, there's a problem here. Right. <laughs> this is not normal, but I don't think that he's actually doing yeah. this. And and as, of course, it turns out, like, they were drugging him. It's a conspiracy. And, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, even that is, because, is like, it's all about how there's insanity in the family, which Christy likes to play with. Um, oh yeah, but he wasn't even his his. Because he, he is wasn't not. The son. The, yeah, that's yeah. The, the the neighbor. Father, that's right. Yeah, yeah, is doing all these tricks because it's not his son. Yes, and uh, you know the insanity doesn't even pass down to him. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's all very far fetched, but it uh, that's not to say that it isn't an entertaining read. Like mm-hmm. her take on this, it feels kind of Conan Doyle esque. Like it feels a little bit Hound of the Baskervilles, mm-hmm. much goofier than that. Yeah, but it still was kind of like enjoyable. Like this little like horror story right well i think what it's so that's a trigger word you should never mention anything sherlock holmes i'll get started but yes this is one of the beautiful things about the hound of the baskervilles is that it is this crazy situation but like you have to explore it and accept it and you have like the the logic of sherlock holmes that will never ever accept 
a supernatural solution and he has to pull it apart and just make it a, a human mm-hmm. mystery. But yeah, it does have that feel to it. I agree. Yeah. Ridiculous, but yeah, not <laughs> horrible. Uh, this, it feels like a, another early Christie, but this is right. like only like, you know, it's fun to see Poirot match with something like this. Like you can see <laughs> this being in, like I said, Parker Fine uh, yeah. or Harley Quinn. Or one of her just standalone yeah. stories. It but could be a Harley Quinn thing for Poirot sure. Poirot matched up with like it feels like a werewolf story is, <laughs> is a fun is a fun. Oh thing. no, it's interesting that you say that about Conan Doyle because he also did in the later later works of Sherlock Holmes where where Sherlock Holmes comes back mm. and it's like the further case files or whatever like uh, after Reichenbach falls and all yeah. that. There's one called the Sussex Vampire and it's a oh, man okay. who has a boy from his first marriage but his wife had died. He married another woman and. He had two children from the first marriage, a little boy, and then... No, no, sorry, I gotta start all over again. He has an older (laughs) son from the first marriage. He marries a woman who has a little boy. And then he keeps finding her, like... (laughs) He keeps finding the little boy with, like, puncture marks on his neck, and everybody's like, oh, okay, the the mom's a vampire. (laughs) Horns. Yeah, and anyway, it was the older son trying to poison the, the younger son. And yeah, 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 yeah. All that thing. So yeah, that is also a similar thing. Right. <clears throat> all of that just to say you were right. Thank you. No, the Sherlock Holmes stories are like a, is a, is a uh, blind spot for me. I, I keep wanting to explore that a little deeper. I have read them multiple times. And I, if you want to do a podcast about it someday. <laughs> Maybe that could be our next one. Could be the next one. Zach's like, I'm out. Well, we've got another 30 years of Christie. <laughs> That's true. Um, one thing I would like to say about the, the way that they present um, mental illness in this story is very interesting. Um, because the girl at one point says to Poirot, you must think that I'm completely mental. Yeah. Which is like a very, is it an Irish expression hmm. that sometimes means different things, which is kind of fun. And then she says, what is being mad after all? Everyone is a little mad. And uh, then she says, it's only when you begin thinking you're a poached egg or something that they have to shut you up. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> we all go a little mad she's sometimes. Like, she's like, you know what? He's killing sheep. It's fine. He's not an egg. <laughs> he doesn't think he's an egg or anything weird. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. A little bit of, a little bit of humor. Uh, the next story is The Horses of Diomedes. Um, man, I wish we had an equestrian expert. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now, that was one of the many horse calls that I know. We'll save those for another episode of the podcast. Okay. Um, but I am a man who knows about Greek mythology as well as horses. We'll tell you about the man-eating horses of Diomedes. <laughs> Okay, that's what this is called. Again, take everything with a grain of salt. This website is not secure. <laughs> now, you would think to yourself, the man eating horses, what does Hercules have to go do? He has to go kill the man eating horses, you would Ask think. them nicely to move to a field slightly more north. <laughs> and you would imagine that in this article, it would talk about maybe the fact that these horses have eight men. But it doesn't. Oh These my just gosh. seem like regular old horses. Oh my gosh. And so Hercules goes up to these to this place, right? And there's these horses. And he goes and he he uh him and uh he goes and he sorry. I'm getting ahead of I'm getting too excited about these horses. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, calm down. Uh, calm down. 
Hercules and his friends, he has friends in this one. Okay. Uh, they sail over uh, to this place where the manning horses are, and they overpower the grooms, the people who are the, the horse groomers, and, quote, drive them into the sea. Wow. So that was a bitter end for those grooms. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, that was the grooms, not the horses. Yeah, the grooms. He, he gets rid of the grooms by what? driving them into the sea. What does he do? He keeps the horses. Oh, my God. The man-eating horses. His good young friend uh, <laughs> named Abderos, he's like, you know what? I see that the, the people from this country, they're sending some warriors over to get these horses back because they love these man-eating horses. What's the <laughs> alleged man-eating horses? <laughs> what's the dislike? What? What's the dislike about man-eating what's the, horses? What's the dislike? <laughs> and so um, Hercules is like, I'm going to get ready to fight the guys and you keep an eye on the horses. What do the horses do? You would think, maybe they eat abdos. <laughs> Ab- abdos. But they don't. That's good. They just trample him. Oh. He dies. Um, Hercules is, you know, pretty upset about it. And he beats the guys in, in the fight. And then he names the city after, uh, after uh, the guy who died. And then uh, he takes the horses back to uh, the guy who gave him all of the stuff, and that guy lets him loose in the countryside. And then they go up to Mount Olympus, where they are torn apart by wild beasts. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my goodness wow. gracious. So, so, just to recap. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit me with they, it. They ran the grooms over a cliff and took the horses with them. I don't know about, I don't know about uh, a cliff. All I know okay. is that they drove them into the sea. Okay, okay. So whether or not they pushed them into the ocean, they were like, here's some boogie boards, get out there. Or I don't know what. Oh, okay. But they so, got rid of those guys when they were like, the rest of the country was like, give us our man-eating horses back. They were like, no. And then they fought the guys. His his good pal got trampled by the horse and he said, I'm going to keep them anyway. I love that you put such a positive spin on drove them into the sea could mean they just forced them to play in the ocean when they didn't want to. I'm, I'm all about positive spirits. Go play in the sea. Yeah. Go to the sea. Go to the sea. Um, so that's pretty cool of Hercules. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Wow. Go to sea. Go to sea. Go to sea. Go to sea. That was a roller coaster in emotion. It really is. This one, I was reading this one and I, I, I read it Five, it's not a very long section. I read it like five times trying to see where the man-eating part came in. <laughs> and it never did. It was just rumors about them, that they ate men. I guess. As far as I know, the most that they did was, they could be the man-trampling horses. <laughs> well, any horse can trample somebody. <laughs> right, but these horses definitely did. Yeah. So, this story is something. Um, this is Christie's... It feels like she would have written this story later. This is about a party gone wild and some drugs there's a lot of drugs in this story yeah which is unusual for christy yeah especially at this time but the man eating horses is kind of like drug peddlers yeah um and this one does feel like a stretch like like yeah zach's impeccable history is does does not reveal anything more about this story no. when compared to like I don't see Christie's connection. And just the beginning, no. no, there is not. Well. And just the beginning of where somebody tries to shoot somebody, and they uh, accidentally shoot a passing uh, tramp, 
<laughs> passing a homeless person on the street. And it was just like, what? <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's just another one of those parties. Um, yeah, and it's these the general's daughters who are going, and it's all because of the drugs involved and, you know. And, and there's this young, uh, rogue-ish kind of guy that they're like, oh, he's obviously the dealer. Yeah. And it turns out to be their dad or something? It's like a frame-up. <laughs> uh, it is, th- this one is just, it's, this one is a stretch. This one does feel like early Christie, and I, I was not a fan of this one. <laughs> no, it's... Um, I would rather have seen a horse eat somebody. This, <laughs> this is where saying. I stalled, actually. Like, this is where I, I read straight through all the ones we've been through up until this point. Mm-hmm. And then this one was where I put it down and came back later and like, what was going on there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, overall, the quality of the first half of the book is much better than the second half. Because uh-huh. um, Except for good old story 13. <laughs> well, that one doesn't count because it wasn't in it. But... Uh, like, the first half definitely has the strongest of the stories, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll be proved wrong with, like, uh, when I'm reminded of one that's later on. But, uh... No, I think you're right. Yeah, and I think if the story had kept up what it had at the beginning, it would be a lot better. But still, I'm, that's not to say it's not a solid selection. Um, but yeah, the story's not very good. Yeah. Um, man, you know... Zach, have you been wearing your girdle... <laughs> Not recently, because I'm trying to embrace, um, you know, my own figure. <laughs> Have you been eating uh, any, uh, what are those things called? Uh, it's like the sausage between, like, two pancakes at McDonald's. Oh, McGriddle? Oh, a McGriddle, yeah. Oh, wow. This? Are we moving on to the belt? This is, this, well, wait, just just a minute. Um, got any more guesses on what movie I'm really excited about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So let's <laughs> ask. Well, let's ask a couple questions. American release? Uh, yeah, I think so. Live action? Yes. Um, remake, reboot, sequel? Sequel. Sequel. That was three questions, but. <laughs> uh, okay. is it the second of the thing? The franchise? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's a second. Okay. Yes. So it's not just another All right. Movie. I'll do with that information. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let us move on to the, yeah, the belt of um, hippo, hippopotamus. Now, this is the only one of the, these that comes with a phonetic spelling. Hippolyte. Hippolyte. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. And this is the only one that includes it. There's <laughs> more after this, and they choose to not include it. <laughs> this is the best website. So... <laughs> It doesn't, it's not secure because it's too good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't want to be secure. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. The government asked, do you want us to secure this? And they said no. <laughs> so, we're good, bro. Uh, so, you know, Hippolyte, you know, she was the queen of the Amazons. And I know what you're thinking. Does this have to do with Amazon, the shipping company? No. <laughs> but what you're probably also wondering is, does this have to do with the Amazon River in South America? And the answer is also no, as the article describes, that it has nothing to do with that. Why it brings it up? Does it refer to the shipping company too? No, it oh, just okay. refers to the Amazon River. Oh, okay. And then it talks about we're, what the word Amazon means. Were so many people being redirected to this site who wanted to go to Amazon.com that they had to be like, let's be clear. <laughs> now, this was a leather belt. Let's not mince words. <laughs> this leather, leather belt was given to her by Ares, the god of war, uh, because she was the best warrior of all the Amazons. Now, that's cool. It was too big for her waist, so she, she, she decided to use it to uh, carry her sword and spear. Um, 
So wow. men can never get women's sizes right. It's true. Not to generalize. Yeah, not right. even the God of War. So <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if I, really you thought I was a size eight? <laughs> He's like eight. I'm a size thirty-four. <laughs> Why are the sizes different? Anyway, <laughs> um, so Hercules had to go get this belt, but Hercules was like, boys. There's a lot of lady soldiers over there, <laughs> and I'm a little scared. So, quote, Hercules' friends realized that he could not fight against the whole Amazon army by himself, so they went with him. It was just Hercules' buds. It was his bros. It was yeah. time to hang. Squad. Oh, my God. So they roll up on the ship, they park it, and they jump out, and here comes that lady, Hippolyte. She comes down, and she's like, What's up, boys? I don't really like boys, because I'm an Amazon, but what's up, boys? And Hercules is like, hey, I'm just going to be straight with you. I'm completing these, these, you know, these tasks. Like he was on a scavenger hunt. Right. He's like, I need your belt. And she's (laughs) like, understandable. (laughs) Let's, like, let's have dinner. (laughs) Let's have dinner, and I'll give you the belt. And so they were all like, man, this was easy. Easy win, but then check that right off. Uh oh, Hera, the goddess one. She went up and she was like, "I don't like any of this that's happening." So she disguised herself as one of the Amazon soldiers. She was like, "All them boys down there are gonna be taking the queen," and they were like, "Ain't happening." So all the Amazon warriors. This took a strangely Appalachian turn. <laughs> Ain't happening. Ain't, Ain't happening. happening. So they all got dressed for battle. And they all started riding out. And here comes Hercules' boys. And they see them in the distance. And they're like, they're all dressed to battle. They're all carrying spears. I don't like this. Hercules goes, all right, boys, we need to dip. Stabs Hippolyte, even though she was just going to give it to him. And maybe she could be like, stop, guys. Then they battle all of the Amazons and make a daring escape with the belt. Now, wow. unnecessary? Yes. Yes. It also... Uh, points out that they have a stopover in the city of Troy on their way back. (laughs) So that was probably a nice little vacation. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the story and it was really cool. And Hercules wears his uh, lion head in this picture. It's pretty nice. It's good of him to bring that back. That's when you, yeah, that's when you you know, you're packing for a trip and you want to impress the ladies. You You want to impress the queen. You want to bring your lion head. Exactly. Or your goofy hat. Well, maybe this could have happened differently. Like, he was wearing the lion head. She invited him to dinner, and she's like, you know what? I have this belt. This jerk gave it to me, and it won't fit. I think it fits you perfectly, and it goes great with that lion skin. He said, well, it could have happened that way. Now, serious? here's the important question. Could you steal a girl's belt? <laughs> <laughs> Which I like belt better than girdle, by the way. Just, there's less jokes. Well, that's what Hersey calls it. Yes. Well, girdle. this unsecure website calls it a belt. <laughs> I'm willing to go with this website because yeah. they seem to have a lot of pictures attached to this. Yeah. But they also, I have to zoom in on this website. This is what it usually looks like. <laughs> a good. Yeah. <laughs> a good um, website is what it looks like. I think I could probably steal a girl's belt. Probably not the queen's belt. Should we give our <laughs> listeners the link? Like, what is what is the website called? Um, it is called perseus.tufts.edu slash a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's, it's like the link is like a thousand years long. www.stealyouridentity.com To be slash. fair, though, when I typed in earlier, I typed in the Horses of Diomedes. That is the first site that comes up. I'm sure that this is the most condensed. It's the authority. Yeah. <laughs> besides um, you. Besides me. But I'm reading from this authority. 
<laughs> I'm paraphrasing from the authority. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the question is answered. I would steal a girl's belt <laughs> for any amount of money. Would and could. So this story is about some paintings and a missing schoolgirl. And the only... <laughs> oh, is it... The Amazon so it's, thing it's, have to anything to do with it? Given well, Poirot talks about like yeah, he compares a part of it as uh, the solution to the attack by the Amazons where they yeah. swim around. But the the well, was it main in my information, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but the main part of it is that a pic the picture of like a classic picture by a famous yeah painter of, of the belt of right. the hip, which it, the the uh, Suchet version. Uh, ties that together by having a painter including all of the labors of Hercules. Oh, yeah, so David worked for. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there, Poir- and Jap appears in this one because Poirot is tracking these paintings that are going by train, and Jap is interested in this girl that uh, is going aboard train and that goes missing aboard train aboard train <laughs> and they go missing not the oh, yeah, cuz it was like a it was like a girl going back to finishing school or something yeah. in France or something so like probably a teenager yeah young girl who goes missing yeah she goes she goes to the bathroom and then like they don't see her and then they, and then she shows up and she has no memory mm-hmm. of what had happened um not that exciting of a story uh you know there's some disguise going on of the girl like having never been there be disguised by somebody and this is definitely something that she has done before yeah like this is reminiscent of well it can't be reminiscent of because she hasn't done it yet but (laughs) in future we'll have cat among the pigeons which is like an exploration of this whole yeah and i thought about even like the train tricks that she does with something like this like Mystery of the Blue Train, Plymouth Express, mm-hmm. um, which are like the same story, but still, yeah, um, you know, some you think like somebody's was, on the train. Yeah, it was like they, air quotes impossible for them to have yeah, gotten off the train. Exactly. Yeah. Simple explanation. It was the same person. Right. She was very <laughs> interested in that, and that seems to be the solution that she settled on. So yeah, another story that is just kind of hum. Yeah. For me personally, yeah, I, yeah, it, it, fe- it feels like it just passes right over. But it is cool to, to talk about those uh, paintings for them to be involved. And then I think it was smart again. Of I think everything they did include in the sushi version was smart. Like I think they picked the things that seemed to go. Sorry, I'm burping because I have Sprite. <laughs> they picked the things that would work well in the because what we didn't say, well, you know, these were written in the '40s. They adapted all of the short stories in Agatha Christie's Poirot. In the first six or so seasons. Few seasons, yeah. Forty-minute episodes, and that then they started tackling mostly novels. One and a, like the one and a half hour specials, right? Yeah. So by the time they got to the last season, season thirteen, the only stories that they hadn't done were elephants can't remember. Yeah, curtain, I, I mean, but yeah, elephants this, can't remember curtain yeah. um, and. Labors of Hercules and one more. Oh, yeah, I can't think of the other one either. Dead Man's Folly. Yes. And so they didn't really, I mean, some people were like, why don't you make a whole season of the, and they couldn't do that. It was too late. And so that's why they condensed it all into one. There was like one short story that was like a different version of one, the Le Mage Mage Inheritance. Um, But they just, the way that they did so that everything was done was to wrap it all up. Mm -hmm. It, It just was what they had to do. Yeah, because it had been, like, what, 15 years or something? 15 to 20 years that this series... Because it didn't go, like, year to year to year, but it went from the 80s to the 2000s. Yeah, and it it would be 
it would be a whole to do to make each of these a separate episode. And some of and them, some of them are very similar. Yeah, and some of them don't really work very well for it yeah. because, like you know, the ones that have these kind of more abstract problems, not like a straight up murder. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different time, and the show was handling these novels with darker subjects. It, mm-hmm. They, I think, what they did was what they could the best with what they could do. Yeah, probably. I mean, they they did make their choices cohesive and that's you wouldn't i don't think even bad an eye if you didn't if you hadn't read the book first and been like oh okay these are the ones that they chose to interweave it i mean that was something like you know like the difference between this and like the marble of murder is easy like you cannot get there from here like why did you even give you see what why they did and they chose the best of the stories Mm -hmm. too yeah and having to put the well i mean i guess we are kind of talking about it as we go along but, yeah, the ones that they included, it just seemed like they found ways to tie them together. That it was definitely too much going on for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But they, it wasn't too far-fetched of why all these things were happening in the same place. Yeah. For a, an hour and a half. Quite no, a given what you had to choose from. Yeah. It's exactly. like, okay, you give the writers this book and say, all mm-hmm. right, try to make something out of this. They did cut away most the of big the things four. that the were like the big four was most... the other one exactly yes and the big four is again them A doing the mess. absolute best with what they can do <laughs> but that one doesn't really work yeah because that collection does not work it doesn't and and what is they tried to make it make sense and in you the can't really do that you you have to just completely detach from the right. story and it just and does not translate i can watch the big four that Suchet and enjoy it still mm-hmm. uh i don't think it's horrible no but i think this one is superior because i think they make more artistic choices mm-hmm. that improve it like setting it all on that resort and i think yeah. they have some good performances and they 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 kind of play up the macabre mm-hmm. setting which i think was smart you know, I just watched this just like a couple days ago, right. and I don't know if I've ever seen it before. I don't remember. Yeah, when it. you if... told me that, I unconvinced said that's possible. <laughs> I know that was the funniest response. I was like, I've never seen. I'm pretty sure I've never seen the Twelve Labors of Hercules. It's like you're dealing with a mental patient. You were like, that's entirely possible, dear. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that whatever is your reality is fine with me. <laughs> Yes, so the, if I did see it before, it did not make a lasting yeah. impression. So I felt like I was watching it for the first time. There were a couple yeah. of things that felt familiar. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I started it and never finished it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was nice to be able to watch it and feel like I hadn't ever seen it before. It sure. was all new to me. But there were a couple of... Look, happened several times. There were these moments... The, the woman who played... Vera Rosakoff. Yes. I thought she was awesome. Mm-hmm. And she really did a great job. I think she's like the definitive, if you ever had to have Vera yeah, Rosakoff again, please job. have this actress. Um, she played well with David Suchet. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who played Dr. Lutz, mm-hmm. um, who is a famous um, actor as well as a stage actor. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, if him and Suchet had worked together before. Because you get that same feeling Possibly, that you do yeah. with, with Zoe Wanamaker mm-hmm. that... They just chemistry. they just got along so well, and they had these great, fun little moments that were just totally spontaneous. It felt like, and that part of it was enjoyable to watch. And yeah, the setting was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's B tier for the series. <laughs> yes, but they did a lot worse in their modern run for sure. Yeah, and it's like passable entertainment. 
Right, and I think you wouldn't even blink an eye if you did, hadn't read the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, could there be something better out of it sh- for sure, but... Like, for example, if they would have used story number 10. <laughs> well, let's talk about story number 10. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the flock of Garyon. Yeah. Garyon? <laughs> yep. Or is it called in this, the cattle of Garyon? Okay. Now, I know what you're wondering. Who's... Oh, I just assumed it was sheep. Sorry. Who's Garyon? <laughs> yeah. Right? Is it Gary Coleman? <laughs> No, in fact, Gary Oldman. Gary nope. was on what? <laughs> Tell him to get off. Now, Garyon uh, was the son of these two freaks. <laughs> freak number one, oh, yeah. quote, sprang. So, so freak number one, I'm either the mother or father. You can't tell with these names. <laughs> sprung from the head of the Medusa after Perseus beheaded her. Oh, that's parent number one. Parent oh, number man. two came from two titans. Now. That's a Romeo and Juliet story if I ever heard it. They had a <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. had a, a child named Garyon, and he was a freak. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he had uh, three heads and three sets of legs all joined at the waist. Wow. He had a lot going on. <laughs> now he had a lot of cows. Okay, and they were red cows apparently, which is cool. <laughs> um, so our boy Hercules, he went to go get these cows because. He had to. He was told that he had to. And so he goes and he passes by some guys. He kills a lot of beasts on the way. And uh, he comes across two massive mountains. Now, there's some controversy about which is true. Either he just went over them or he split them in twain. (gasps) In twain. Now, that's cool. I bet he split them in twain. I bet he just went over them because splitting in between. And I don't know if I could reword this any better. So I'll uh, I'll just say it. That, uh, so Hercules broke the two mountains apart and created a, a split between them that he could, he could go through. So, quote, sailing in, the, in a goblet which the sun gave him in admiration, Hercules reached the island of Etheria. Wow. He sailed in a goblet. <laughs> that that was s- cool. <laughs> now, uh, he goes up and he goes to Garyon and he wants his cattle. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, he goes and he steals those cattles and he shoots him with his arrows and he dies. Imagine that. It happened again. Oh. Now that didn't seems see it coming. Now that seems pretty easy, right? Yeah. He went, he just shot the guy and he left. He got his own goblet boat. <laughs> and the problem is now he has to go home with all these cows, and it's a long long boat ride and they won't fit in his goblet boat i guess not and so uh the two sons of poseidon the god of the sea they come and try to steal the cattle but uh when they did this one of the bulls got loose and he went and swam into what is now called italy (laughs) (laughs) so hercules is like oh great that's a twist i have to go to italy now to get this this gosh dang bull and so he goes well, I'll it. pick up some olive oil while I'm there. Uh, he goes into Italy, and he, he finds it in the king of Italy's, uh, in his herd, uh, Eryx. Now, he's like, yo, I need the bull back. And he's like, only if you beat me in a wrestling competition. <laughs> and Hercules... Again, in a wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, I've been waiting for somebody to show up. And quote, never one to shy away from competition. Hercules beat Eryx... Three times in wrestling, killing the king, took back the oh. bull, 
and returned it to the herd. So not only did he beat him, he then put him down. Oh my gosh. He grabs it back. They're going out. They're going back to where they're supposed to go. They're at the end of the Idonian Sea. Ionian, even. And uh, (laughs) Hera was like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, not on my watch. And then she scatters the cows. They all swim away. And he has to spend... What does it say? It's a long time. He has to go gather all the cows back up before he returns them. Oh, man. And he didn't have a good time. And he said this one was no fun. <laughs> that was a cool. pretty big bummer. One yeah. star would not <laughs> recommend. Star. He did get to wrestle, though, which was pretty cool. It's always a good day when you find an excuse to wrestle. That's true. That's labor number 10. So story number oh. 10 is the return of... Uh, Everybody's favorite criminal, the lady from the first story in this collection who Miss was... Miss Carnaby is yeah, her name. Who was doing the dog kidnapping rake. <laughs> yes, and, dog. Uh, yeah, and Squara <laughs> runs into her, and it's really funny because he's like, you're like one of the best criminals I've ever known. Which is nice because she's like a, a deep character, but like, you know, whatever. And but she's like... The, the type of criminal that he could be friends with later. Yeah, and it's funny because she's like, you know, the hard part is I keep thinking of illegal things to do that would work. <laughs> and I can't do them. She's like, I'm trying real hard. <laughs> and so she's like, maybe I could use that to help solve crimes. And he's like, okay, help me. And she's like, I actually have this case now where my friend has just got involved with this cult. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Yeah, it was a wild twist. So oh, her friend's man. in this cult where, and it's called like the Flock of the Shepherd. Yeah. And so it goes along with um, the, that story with the, the flock and uh, the cattle. And um, some people have been dying and leaving their money to this cult leader. Uh Uh-huh. But all the deaths seem natural. Yeah. And so Poirot, uh, they arrange it where she is actually going to go undercover in the cult, which feels Mm -hmm. very, very different from any Christie story ever. So much so that at first I was like, all right, seriously, like a cult. And then I'm like, you know what? This could be fun. (laughs) It's interesting. I, I, there was a, there was a part that I really really like, and I'm sure that you'll talk about it as well. There was a, a moment, no, a micro moment in the story that I really liked. No, just go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she goes undercover in this cult, and because her friend is in it, and she's yeah. really worried that's for her what, friend. Yeah, that's where. So it. she pretends that she's interested, and she gets mm-hmm. uh, air quotes converted, and so you're you're seeing it from her perspective. It's told third person from yeah. what she's seeing. Which was also very interesting because it was mostly from Poirot's ex- perspective through this whole thing, mm-hmm. but it's mostly her, Mrs. Carnaby, and yeah. like she says little things like, "Oh, he made kind of a good point there." Like this this guy, this this cult leader that everybody's like, everything he says makes sense, and she's like, "Well, maybe this is kind of like the stability I've been looking for in my life. Yeah. I can kind of see where my friend is going with this." Um, but then she meets Poirot in a cafe. And they're supposed to be talking about like what's going on, and all of a sudden he, because he's talking about how bad this guy is, and it's obvious that he's killing these women, and so she stands up in the cafe and she's like, "I will not be your spy anymore, Mister So and So, whoever the cult leader is, is a great man, and I'll support him to the death." And storms out, and Poirot's like, "What just happened?" Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know. It just just to have a moment in a Christie when you've yeah. read almost all of them. You know, to be like, I don't know what just happened there. Did, is she? But she was faking it. Right. 
It was so great. Yeah, she was undercover, undercover. Yeah, because yeah. one because the cult leader's like was, right hand man. Yeah, was, was over. Okay. Yeah, was was um, eavesdropping. That's yeah, what. yeah, it's pretty well done. It's got some moments of silliness in it. It's yeah. not like that deep, but it's fun. Yeah. And oh, and at the end when. They- the denouement was kind of funny that he was like, oh yeah, he's a famous doctor and he was killing all of these women by like these, these, um, culture, bacterial cultures that he had made yeah. that were untraceable or something. It was like mad scientists thrown in a at the very random, end. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of weird ways of killing people in this because they are not even killing people, but the, earlier was shaving cream. They had something in the guy's shaving cream that was, uh, part of the werewolf story. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is another unique thing. That I she forgot was about doing that because yeah, because he had a he had a rash, and that's yeah. how they were putting the um, the hallucinogenic into his right, system. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So a fun story, like not fantastic, but like fun. And nice that they they brought back the returning yes. character of of all the characters that you could have picked to come back. It was the best choice. And it's nice you can have like the culprit in a story even come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can kind of get that kind of character development. Yeah, she's like, like, no, I'm on the straight and narrow. Yep. <laughs> uh, Zach, so, fruits. <laughs> Give me like one minute. I thought I had read all of this one. <laughs> this is a long one. Oh, oh gotcha. no. Uh, <laughs> stall. Oh, uh, movies. Okay, I think I might know what your movie is. Oh, really? Does it have um, water in it? Does it have water in it? Yes. Is it wet? <laughs> is it the Meg 2? Yes! <laughs> You're excited for the Meg 2. I, I, I cannot tell you the sheer joy that I have when I saw Did you enjoy the Meg 1? Just recently, just recently, I was like, you know what I haven't watched in a long time is the Meg, and I really want to because, it, okay, for what, I, just like we talked about with this story, Yeah. Far, far-fetched, not really well done, but it was fun, and the more that I think about it, I'm like, there were, there were excellent actors in it who did excellent job. I mean, Rain Wilson did an excellent job. Mm. Um, the other guy whose name escapes me, I can't think of. It, it was just, it was just fun and mindless. Yeah. And I was like, I want to watch that again. And then when I saw they had a second one, and it's even worse. And Jason Statham is riding a a, a, a jet ski while Barracuda plays in the background. I just have never been happier in my life than I was in that moment. It's definitely one of those movies, <laughs> for sure. I, I, I remember wanting it to be, like, the way that they advertised the first one made me feel like it was, a, like, a kind of like a Sharknado thing where they were like, it's bad, but they're in on the joke. Yeah. But then I watched it, and I was like, that wasn't the case for the first one, actually. It wasn't. <laughs> And that was just how they marketed it. So I, feel, yeah. I guess maybe the second one they are now. Maybe. I think they're leaning into yeah. it, yeah. But, I mean, it, I, the Meg, the first one, is five times better than any of the Jurassic World. Any of them. Uh, <laughs> I would choose to watch the Meg over any of the Jurassic World movies. That's probably a pretty close call for me. <laughs> yeah, for the Meg and Fallen Kingdom, yeah. But, yeah. But I, I am just so happy. It's and definitely better than Dominion. <laughs> Yes. That's not hard. And good job for uh, guessing. <laughs> I was just thinking about number twos. <laughs> yeah, That's well. a big one. <laughs> the Meg. <laughs> All right, Zach. All Fruits. Right. Fruits. Do you like apples? Yeah. Do you like golden apples? <laughs> Ooh. Sure. Well, 
So did uh, Erythius, <laughs> the guy who was making Hercules do all this stuff. Oh, that he guy. He said, I want you to go get the golden apples, which just happened to be a wedding present that Zeus got from Hera. Hera was like, I want you to have these golden apples. That doesn't sound like a good time to me. <laughs> so they were all hidden in her secret garden in the mm. corner of the world. But the problem was uh, the apples, they were kept in a garden and... They were guarded not only by a hundred-headed dragon, who, which both times that I read this, I thought was named Landon. <laughs> but Come here, Landon. Ladin. Come here. L-A-D-O-N, not Landon. Landon. It's very close. Come here, Landon. Uh, but also um, some nymphs. Okay. So he had that going on. And so that was... So the hundred-headed dragon wasn't enough. They're like, let's have some nymphs. Yeah, let's have hundred some nymphs. Hundred-headed dragon named Brandon. And, and, and there was this other guy that I don't know how to pronounce his name. There's no information on him, so he's not cool. <laughs> well, Hercules, he was like, I don't know where it is. I'm going to try Libya. I'm going to try Egypt. I'm going to try Arabia. I'm going to try Asia. And he was going all over the place. And he could not find it. Um, and eventually he stopped somewhere. And the son of the god of war, he said, fight me. And so he did. They fought, and then eventually their fight got broken up by a lightning bolt. Oh, and then he moved <laughs> on. Um, but then uh, then another guy came up to him, uh, and he said, fight me! <laughs> and then uh, he, tried to, he tried to submit, but Hercules was like, uh-uh, I'm not letting go until you tell me what I need to know. And so he Where did. them apples? He said, where them apples? <laughs> and so he stopped by... This other guy's house who challenged Hercules to a fight. He said, fight me. And then Hercules <laughs> defeated him in a wrestling match. And then after that, he went to that guy's brother's house who uh, went to go sacrifice uh, Hercules <laughs> as a human sacrifice. And Hercules was like, uh-uh-uh. And then he killed that guy mm. and moved on. Oh, my gosh. So he went up to Prometheus's house. A.K.A. the mountain where he was chained up. Who, Prometheus, he was a tricky guy. Yeah. He had stolen fire from the gods, and he was chained to a mountain so that every day for the past 30 year, years, an eagle would come and eat his liver. <laughs> now, every year? Every day. Every day? Every day for how much 30 of a, years. How much of a liver does every he have? Every day his liver would grow back, Oh, and the eagle would come to eat it again. The liver is it, pretty amazing uh, regenerative powers. In 24 hours? And so you know what happens. Hercules comes up and fights that eagle. Okay? He makes that eagle submit, and he sends him Knowing away. Knowing Hercules, he's probably going to fight that guy's liver. He's jealous of how quickly he can heal. And Prometheus is like, thanks for coming to my house. Um, I'm going to tell you how to get these apples, because I'm a tricky guy, and I've stolen fire before. Yeah. So I'm going to help you steal these apples. This has turned into a heist. Guys. <laughs> and so he has Prometheus on his side, but then who does, else does he get on his side? But none other than Atlas, the guy oh. who's holding up the earth and skies. <laughs> who was on vacation? What no, Atlas, he was holding up the earth and skies, and he's like, I hate doing this. <laughs> I will make you a deal. If you hold up the earth and skies for the rest of time, I will go steal those apples for you. And because Hercules was like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> he said, all right, I'll do it. So Hercules grabs the earth and sky from him, and he's holding it. And then Atlas goes, and he gets the apples. He comes back, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take these apples over to where they're supposed to go. 
and you can just stay here and hold the earth and sky for the rest of the time because I'm really just over it. And Hercules I gotta said, go to the chiropractor. You have no idea how long it's going to take to get these knots out of my neck. Um, he said, and Hercules was like, all right, you got me there. We made a deal. <laughs> but all I want to do is, you know, throw a shoulder pad on so I, I can bear the weight a little easier. Can you come grab it just for a sec so I can do that? Oh, my god. And Atlas gosh. was like, I, man, sure. <laughs> you know, so he grabs the sky, and Hercules is like, deuces. Oh, and he pieces out. He grabs uh, those apples, and he heads out of there. What a meanie. What and a jerk. Atlas has to keep holding the earth and skies for the rest of the time. It's uh, not rest good of the to trick your friends. Especially... When you invited them to the heist. <laughs> right. Yeah. He keeps getting help from people, but these ones count. Yeah. Like, oh, your nephew can't help you, but these people can? Yeah. But Atlas can yeah. help you? Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of that one. Man. And he got them golden apples real good. That's he had, rough. He had to fight a lot of guys to do it, though. He's fighting the guys. Okay. Let me tell you. Uh, we were. Um, and right. we're back. And the story... I didn't even tell him we left. Sorry, just put pee-pee. Ah, <laughs> out of bathroom. So, so, just one thing to say about Hercules before we move on. Like, do you think that he was, like, you know, he was a big guy, at, and, like, everybody who saw him was like, bet I could beat you in a fight? Because <laughs> it happened so many times. And I think what it is is that Hercules, I guess, I don't know if people knew that he was... Because he's, like, the half-son of Zeus, right? Yeah. So were people like, is this the half-son of Zeus? Or were they just like, who's this guy coming up? I bet I could wrestle that guy. But also, yeah. he doesn't look that buff in all these pictures. <laughs> like, he had, like, a really scrawny upper body. He's three he inches had... shorter than you. <laughs> is he? Yeah, you're six foot four and he's six foot one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And... The thing is, is that he had nice, he had strong legs. Nice legs. <laughs> <laughs> he had cute gams. Yeah. So. But uh, his upper body wasn't anything. So they're like, I bet I could wrestle that guy. I and think he said, watch. So he, oh, he, he never should... skipped leg day, but skipped everything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that one where he chased either the deer or the, the deer, yeah. or the boar or something like that. He chased it for 20 miles. Oh, no. He chased some guy for 20 miles in one of these stories. I didn't read that part because it wasn't important. I have his Forrest Gump. You were reading. I feel like you should get like five dollars for <laughs> mentioning gams. Like, how many times can you like shoehorn that into a thing? <laughs> I mean, oh, if I gosh. get five dollars every time, I can put it a lot more in. So, so again, so this is story eleven, the penultimate story. Yeah. Um, didn't really fit much into this again, did it? Like, well, it was Christy's just the, story, the... Except for, like, the chalice that this guy is missing. Itself, uh, yeah. Is the depiction of that. I and mean, that's why I feel like the later ones aren't quite as good, because... Yeah. I mean, and maybe we're missing a little bit with these casual readings, I guess. But the, there, the uh, metaphor is a little deeper on the earlier ones, whereas mm. on the later ones, sometimes it feels like it's just kind of shoehorned. Yeah. But yeah, this one is about a chalice <laughs> that uh, is... Uh, Missing. Yeah, and it has a history of all sorts of crime that surrounds it. Um, and this rich guy had bought it at an auction, but then someone stole it. The way that the story kind of unfolds, it kind of made me wonder if it was a little bit of... Because I always just thought this was random, but a little bit of inspiration for that little throwaway scene at the beginning of the 2017 murder on the Orient Express where he's talking to the two different uh, like priests or religious heads about this missing thing 
Remember that? Mm. It like reminded me of that. Um, hmm. It, it obviously it didn't have all of this, you know, context around it because mm-hmm. it it's only like a five minute scene. But anyway, it just reminded me of that. Oh, okay. No, I'm not recalling that, but that's not a surprise. But um, you know, it makes me think about uh, just one thing that that John John Curran. He said this about a different story, but said there's no particular ingenuity in either the story or the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something he said about the flock, actually, of mm-hmm. of Garyon, which is uh, the Gary Oldman. Yeah, the flock of Gary Oldman, which is one that we actually <laughs> prefer just for straight up readability. <laughs> but yeah, on the second half, they they're not delivering. Yeah. Much this this much. one actually kind of bored me a little bit, and yeah. the ending was. Uh, dissatisfying. Is that picking up anything? Because it looks really straight. No, it's good. Oh, okay. Wah! Thanks. Yep. <laughs> All right, Zach. I think it's time for you to deliver the final myth. This one is a doozy. Okay? <laughs> this one you've known about for a long time. This one I've known about for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> couple of days. couple of days. So, do you guys know who uh, Servius is? No. Servius... Is a good Cerber- boy. Cerberus? 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 I have no idea. Cerberus? I thought it was Cerberus? like Cerebrus, but that's like your brain. Cerebro. Or, or the thing that, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's a good boy. Oh, right? good boy. He's a three-headed doggo. <laughs> and the last task that he had to do for that guy whose name I don't know, uh, he had to go get the dog. He had to bring him <laughs> back. But the problem is, the dog is in... The underworld. Oh no! And I don't know if you guys know this, but it's pretty scary down there. (laughs) And it's a place that no normal man had ever returned from. And so he had to go get. I think it's Serbius. No, Cerberus. 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 Um, and he was a vicious beast. So, um, my boy. Uh, <laughs> there's so many names floating out of my head. I'm trying to read this article at the same time. This is tough, guys. You're doing great. I try to do this in a way that's chill and vibes. Uh, you're vibing. So, you know, Hercules, he was like, I gotta take some precautions because you gotta think about it. Uh, this was, so this uh, dog monster was the son of, as uh, described as this awful couple. Oh no! And it was the Hydra. Oh, sorry, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, Cerberus's parents were the monster echidna, not like the little marsupials. Oh, 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 so, oh yeah. The echidna is actually a half woman, half serpent. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty scary. Yeah. Not as scary as Typhoon. Oh no! Typhoon is a fire-breathing giant covered with dragons and serpents. Oh, oh my gosh, covered with dragons. Just covered in it. <laughs> now that means that One he's got... One dragon's scary. <laughs> a dragon is scary. Yeah. A serpent's pretty scary. A fire-breathing giant's scary. But imagine there are many serpents and many dragons covering a fire-breathing dragon. That's pretty scary. It's said that even the gods of Olympus were afraid of Typhoon. Wow. And I'm thinking that everybody should start calling me Typhoon for that same reason. Sup, Typhoon? Pretty close to Tyrone. <sighs> That's true. The typhoon's cooler. Now, man, this isn't the first time that we've run into one of the children of this awful couple. Now, we ran into uh, the Hydra. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Oh. Uh, 
Orpheus, who was the guardian of the cattle of oh. Geron. I didn't bring him up because I didn't know he was important. Mm. Wow. And uh, he also was the father of that lion that he strangled at the start. Gosh, oh, it's all coming back. And he was also they were also the father of like the Sphinx and stuff. I mean, in, in a chimera. It was wow. You know, it's all like they had a lot of kids, you know. It's one of it's like the big family that you see in Walmart and you're like, I'm gonna like be a couple aisles over, you know. <laughs> um so Hercules was not too pleased about going to the underworld to do this. He was pretty scared. And so he went and talked to some guys about it and <laughs> He learned the secrets of the mysteries, which were uh, really cool to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then he uh, went up to the top of this mountain, and he stinking jumped in. <laughs> um, and so he went into Hades, and he encountered all sorts of monsters and heroes and ghosts. He made his way through it. And he even engaged, quote, he even engaged in a wrestling contest. Oh, my oh no. Imagine that. <laughs> then finally he found Pluto. No, not Mickey's dog. In fact, uh, it was a guy down there. And he asked for uh, the Lord of the Underworld. And he asked him, yo, can I just borrow uh, for Cerberus for a little bit? Right. And he said, you know, man. You can, if you can wrestle him. Oh my goodness! That's I what he said. Wrestling. He said, if you can wrestle him with your bare hands, owned under your own strength, you can take him for a walk. I don't even care. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so he went over there, and he and he went up to him, this fierce beast, and he just started wrestling. He wrestled his guts out. He, uh, Cerberus, did you know, has a snake for a tail. <laughs> oh. I didn't know that. I Plot didn't either. Twist. I'm making sure that's right. Who cares? <laughs> and it bit Hercules, but he didn't care. He kept wrestling anyway. Eventually, Cerberus <laughs> gave up. He said, all right, man, I'll go with you. But unlike all the other monsters, all of Cerberus' siblings, they just like walked up to the guy and they were like, hey, here he is. <laughs> and he was like, cool. And then he brought him back to Hades. Wow. And he kept doing his job. Wow. And so, what's the moral of all these stories? <laughs> I don't know is what you're wondering. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Okay. I'm here to let you know. What is it? Good. What's the common theme that we see in almost all of these stories? Wrestling? Wrestle <laughs> your heart out. <laughs> if you have any problem in life, you can wrestling. solve it through wrestling. Yes. That's yes. the story of Hercules. Yes. And I'm telling you, it's not fight, it's wrestle. wrestle. Okay? <laughs> if you come across any champions, if your boss is, if you go to your boss, you say, I want to race, and he says no, you take your shirt off and you wrestle him. <laughs> it wow. worked for him. It worked for him. That is a life lesson. Well, those were Hercules labors. Thank you, Zach. Thank you so much for delivering those. Um, your delivery was great. The stories stink. I am, I, but I am so much more enriched by this. Like, I, I feel educated. <laughs> so the final story uh, in this has the Countess uh, Vera Rosakoff. Mm-hmm. She is. So this is also in the sushi yes, television version. This is the so last five. One. They, they five of them, and they reference the Lamijoir inheritance. 
That's how they included all of them. What's the Lamige Loire in Harris? That's a, a story not in this, but the oh, only okay. one they had not adapted. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And uh, Vera Rosikoff, we have not talked about her much on the podcast. She's in the big four. Mm. And she's in one other short story. It, it, she's in one other short story. what Irene Adler is to yeah. Sherlock Holmes. You know, the one that got away, the criminal he can never catch. And yeah. he meets her. He wants to see her more. The only lady for him. And she says, I'll see you in hell. And Poirot's like, wow. And then Miss Lemon, trendy chick, says, no, hell is this new nightclub. So they have this new London nightclub called Hell. And, like, the steps down have, like, quotes painted on them. Like, uh, I can quit anytime I want. And stuff like that. Which I thought was kind of funny for Christy. Paved to good intention. Yeah. Paved to good intention. And so Vera uh, has this concerns about her, her, the, her daughter-in-law. Her daughter-in-law. Um, who's supposed to marry her son who her son doesn't isn't in the story at all right just the the she thinks that she is being uh what do you say she's being like manipulated with drugs and stuff who is the daughter-in-law oh no she's uh she's a like thinks that she's a psych she's like taking a degree in psychology yeah and she is there drugs involved well, I mean, sure I know there's, there's drugs involved in Yeah, the story. there's drugs involved in this story. Yeah, she okay. thinks... What is it she thinks that is happening? I don't remember. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Sorry. But, because the twist is that the 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 uh, daughter-in-law is... There is something wrong with her. She's the dealer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And because I think we she thought something was being dealt to her, but she was the dealer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And so it's you know it's a pretty dramatic story. Yeah. It, with the with the uh, underworld imagery, it's pretty yeah. over the top. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to see those two back again. But it's very yeah. very over the top for Christy. Like yeah. it's surpri- It doesn't feel like her at all. It felt like it was something that had been written. It, the whole thing felt way too modern for. It did feel pretty post-war, modern. Which when you know what she wrote first. Yes. And that this was the substitute because let's it was talk about that one, one. Which it's interesting though that she kind of was like, all right, I'm gonna get us far away from this as I can, yeah. which was interesting, but it felt like it was something from the 60s. It felt like it an did. endless night kind of it thing, because different. it starts out with, the, the very beginning is Poirot in uh, the, the tube, the subway, mm-hmm. the underground, which is interesting, Yeah, um, and he's going up an escalator, and he doesn't like it, and he sees Countess Rosikoff coming down mm-hmm. the escalator on the opposite side, which they do a neat job of that, making it yeah. like believable in the Suchet version when they pass in the funicular, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some funny things that they say, like, that he was a sucker for an aristocrat or something, and they just keep talking about how bad her makeup was, but mm. how much he loved it. He's like, like, like she's put way too much makeup on, but wow, does she look so good. He likes her a lot. He does, he does. Talk briefly about the original, so there was an original version of the story, she sent it to her publishers, and the publishers were like, we love it, great, <laughs> except for that last story, you have gotta trade it out, and she was like, NBD. So, this story... <laughs> is only ever been published in in uh, Agatha Christie's secret notebooks. It hadn't up till this point. Yeah. The rejected story for capture of Cerebrus. Give us the lowdown on that. Oh man, I, I don't even And then we'll rank it. No, if you could I never I never thought I would say this sentence. So, in the first version, the one rejected by publishers as being too on the nose, is that Poirot rescues Hitler. Yes. <laughs> and that's why it was rejected, not because it was too ridiculous, but they were like, I don't think anyone's going to like this right now. <laughs> but what an interesting, like, 
it's just such a little it's like looking at a snapshot of what people were thinking at the time because yeah. she wrote it like just just like she had listened to everyone's conversations like, on the train going, and yeah. wrote it all down yeah be fair hitler was no longer hitler anymore yes he was he was like had left his life of dictatorship right and he <laughs> had changed his ways yes and that's but i still don't think people were gonna really like that <laughs> it was not good no, like... and it wasn't a well-written story either it like because i don't think the original capture of service is good but mm-hmm. it was bad in a different way and worse <laughs> So I recreated my ranking of the short stories while we talked about them. I'll do that, and then we can do our ranking of it. Oh, I guess we should say where Cerebus, or however it's pronounced. I I looked up how is Cerebus pronounced online just now, and it was a minute and 13 second video on YouTube. I'm like, no. That means it probably just repeats it. If it's not 15 seconds, I'm not listening to it. So it's their job to find out. Cerebus. Starburst. So in the original story... Um, that was a dog that was like at a at a mental hospital or something, and the dog it was like the guard dog, mm. and he Poirot hired some guy that was like, I can get I can tame any dog, and he just had something in his pocket. I don't know if it was a whistle or a stake or whatever. <laughs> and then in the in the one that goes to publication with Vera Rosikoff in the nightclub, it that was the guard dog at the nightclub. Yeah, who would was trained and like they. Whenever there was a raid of this nightclub, they could never find the drugs because the dog had them in his mouth. Yeah. In a plastic bag. So. <laughs> yeah, and it's more about the underworld than, yeah. like, you know, just the imagery of that. Yeah, but that's where the dog came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so here's the ranking of the short stories. 13. Bottom. Cerebrus 2. The unpublished edition. That's the worst. <laughs> then those man-eating horses with the drugs. Yeah. Don't care for it. <laughs> stables. Cleaning up them stables with the rumors. Just kind of boring. Give me that girl, give me that belt. Missing schoolgirl on the paintings. Meh, yeah. Then we have, why did I put Cerebrus twice? Oh, the other, oh, the other Cerebrus. The published The nightclub Cerebrus, yes, duh. Um, Fine, two melodramatic, fun moments. Uh, Then the apples, fine, okay. Cretan Bull, the vampire story, goofy but fun. (laughs) Flock, goofy but fun. This is when we get to the good ones. Hydra. Um. Uh, the that one's good with the rumors. What number is that? That would be number five. Okay. And so then, this is your top five. Yeah, okay. top. Yeah, top five. Hydra, the Arcadian deer. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. Um, the boar, the one with Madascow. <laughs> uh, the birds one, the birds by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> and then number one, the first story, the Nemean Lion. Yeah. That is my ranking. Okay. And from that, when we get to our official rankings with the books. It is. It does seem like that the first half is very, very solid. I really enjoy the first half, and the second half, while not terrible, definitely falls in quality. Yes. So we have actually discussed more short story collections than I thought. We have talked about Murder in the Muse, Partners in Crime, Tuesday Club Murders, Poirot Investigates, Mysterious Mr. Quinn. So, then in that order. So how does the Labors of Hercules compare with those? The highest that we have is Murder in the Muse with three stars. I personally would give Labors of Hercules three and a half stars mm-hmm. because story-wise, I think the first half is above average and then the bottom half kind of brings it down to three and a yeah. half for me. It is, it is absolutely in no universe a four. And I was afraid no. you were going to say four and I'd have to be like, what no, no, is no, wrong no, with no. you? 
3.5 is exactly what I thought. Great. <laughs> so that puts it at the top of our short story collection yeah, so I'd far. Yeah, I'd say that's correct. Which it probably will stay there. But where will it go on the master list? So here are the In th- a whole bunch of other 3.5s. We don't have a whole <laughs> lot of 3.5s. Really? The 3.5s we have are... At the top, Sad Cypress. Mm-hmm. Body in the Library. Mm-hmm. Appointment with Death. Murder in Mesopotamia. Hmm. Really? That's all the 3.5s? Yeah, we just have a ton of three. Oh, okay. Um, personally, <laughs> I would put it at the bottom of that. Murder in Mesopotamia, that's a flawed read, but I prefer it over Labors of Hercules. I like the locked door mystery. It's got some strong characters. I, probably... I definitely wouldn't put it above Appointment with Death. No, I would probably read Murder in Mesopotamia again. So, okay. yeah, that works. All right, then that puts in our official ranking, you gotta love it. I love ranking these. Labors of Hercules comes in at number 23 of 47 that we've ranked. Wow. We have read so many books, y'all. So aren't you glad that there are two, there's the Meg and the Meg 2, now that you can you can rank them now. They're officially rankable. I think I already can. I don't even know that I need to see them. I mean, obviously, I don't know that I need to see the Meg 2. So, the next book that we are going to read is... Oh, yes. 19... Oh, I know this one. No, I don't. No. Well, we the next Christie book that we're going... So, the next book that me and Charlotte are going to discuss is The Monogram Murders by, by Sophie, Sophie Hannah. Hannah. We're going to do the first extended universe Poirot. So, yes. that'll be fun. We want to start with those early so we can get through all of them. Because uh, the there's four right now? There are currently four, and a fifth one is coming out this, oh. this uh, November or something. What's it called? That is Poirot's Silent Night. Oh, okay. Okay. But the next Christie book we are reading is another Poirot. It is. <gasps> ah, tell me. Taken at the can't flood. Remember. Taken oh. at the flood. I have my master list. I've. Ne- I don't think I have ever actually read that. Taken at the flood slash there is a tide. That was my pick for Kenneth Brown number three. <laughs> so I actually have read it recently. Uh, I won't say anything about it. But Taken <laughs> at the flood slash there is a tide is our next book. Thank you so much, our mythological expert. Zach Taylor, no worries. Please, <laughs> could you, before we wrap this up, could you give us one of your favorite mythological facts? My favorite mythological fact... Which is an oxymoron, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my, one of, just one of my favorite mythological facts um, is that... Um, that uh, Cerberus, or whatever that dog's name is, he's got a, he's got a doggo brother... That has two heads. <laughs> oh, not, not one, but two heads. So, so his parents were always saying, "Why can't you be like your brother?" Exactly. Oh. My favorite guy is probably that giant guy covered in dragon paint. <laughs> it's scary. Pretty scary. You didn't ask me who my favorite guy was. You asked me who, what my favorite fact. I was, was. just saying. I, I, I like the fact that Hera kept showing up and being like, "I hate Hercules." What would you do? Oh, we didn't talk about the Disney version, like very little. Do you have but, any info on that? No, I just thought it was interesting that, and I think probably everybody knows this, but you guys might not. Um, the Hades, the actor who played Hades, yeah. like that they had it completely written as a straight, normal, I'm so scary. Oh, yeah. And he showed up and started doing like, like stand up in the Bronx and they were like, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and he said that. it was his favorite character he's ever played wow. and that he, if he's ever asked to do it again, like he's done it for video games and stuff. Um, James Woods is his name, I think. I can go but... most anywhere. <laughs> What would you do if the giant covered in dragons and snakes walked in right now? What would I do? Yeah, tell us. I'd say, buddy, 
This is private property. <laughs> okay. No trespassing. trespassing. You are not welcome. Okay, but being realistic, what would you do? I'd scream and cry and hug <laughs> Jesus. 